Welcome to the Nehemiah Community Transformation Podcast. I'm Eli Steenledge, and today I'm joined by Siobhan Jackson, Nehemiah's Director of Mobilization. Welcome to the show, Siobhan. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing very, very well. I'm, I'm feeling um, quite blessed on, on this beautiful um, day, which is a little bit less hot than yesterday, yeah. and I'm so grateful for that because I haven't begun to like prepare for the hot weather. Yeah, it's, and very it's, it's so early. Summery week here. Yeah. Hot summer week. So, could you tell us uh, how long you've been with Nehemiah? Yeah, I began working at Nehemiah uh, on January 10th of 2022. Mm-hmm. So, a, a year and some change. Okay. Um, a wonderful whirlwind of a year. Um, I I I love to to reiterate and tell the story of of how. Um, I showed up on a Monday for our usually our usual Monday morning meeting, mm-hmm. where all of us are together, and um, myself and Andrea Dearlove were both new. Yeah, and it was like walking into like a family reunion and being welcomed <laughs> on the first day, which is yeah. really really great. Um, only, only for me to find out that basically everyone that's there has been engaged with Nehemiah in some way for some, quite some time. And I'm mm. like, hey, guys, I'm new. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like new, new. new, new. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we may talk about this later, but many of the Nehemiah staff started out as volunteers mm-hmm. or connected in some way mm-hmm. to like a person or the work we do. So that's quite common for people involved. But, yeah. yeah, you came in fresh. So that's that's great. But uh, I'm glad you felt welcome. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I say it all the time. This Nehemiah is like my second family. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And so your title is director of mobilization. But tell us a little bit about what you actually do here. um, We're very happy that you have lots of skills and bring lots (laughs) of talent to it. But what's kind of like the main thing that you do? Well, I I try not to I try not to do that thing where I, you know, I say I wear many hats um, because primarily what I do as the director of mobilization, filling the role that uh, my predecessor was already filling and mm-hmm. then working on Nehemiah's goals yeah. moving forward is to support our other program directors mm-hmm. um, by keeping keeping um, engaged with and in communication with volunteers and justified anger alumni, um, m- making sure that they know what the what they're doing and mm-hmm. when they need help. Yeah. So a lot of um, volunteer and um, material donation outreach. Mm-hmm. But um, the other side, it, the the really cool thing, the mobilization part is, um, I also just keep keep those people, those same people engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we find out that people, especially who, who go through the Justified Anger, Black History for a New Day course, want to, yeah. s- to keep coming back. They want to keep talking. They want to keep doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so my job is to try and, um, and invigorate them to create something on their own. Yeah. Um, Nehemiah has so many different programs that we're working on, but um, one of the beautiful things about Nehemiah is that a lot of our staff um, over the course of the last 30 years mm-hmm. it may not have been um, it may not have been specifically under Nehemiah's umbrella but mm-hmm. Nehemiah has fostered all of the, the creation of so many different things and some yeah. of them stay under our umbrella some of them don't mm-hmm. um, and the you know the more that we create mutual aid collective action yeah. um, programs that just help develop the black community it doesn't really matter if we keep keep them as long mm-hmm. as they keep going yeah um, and that work of education and uplifting our community is is sort of where I sit yeah that's that's so important in the work that we do too um and like you said when you felt like it was family when you came to that first staff meeting i think a lot of people have that sense of being sort of welcomed in and love the culture of nehemiah and so they do want to be like i want to be involved what can i do so i think it's so important to have um, someone skilled like this to kind of bring them along on that journey Mm -hmm. um, wherever they're at whether they come out of the history class or find us a different way Mm -hmm. however they're involved Um, And today we are talking about mutual aid and collective action. 
uh, as our main topic. So I think that's that's such a part of it. We want people to kind of take their own action, their own initiative, and uh, you know get educated. Uh, learn more and then do something with that, whether you know it's in their own spheres or with um, with the broader community or the community that we work with here at Nehemiah. So that's so important. But I did want to kind of start us out by before we kind of dig into what mutual aid and collective action look like and some of the history there. Could you tell us a story about how you've seen this concept or this idea at work in your life, how you've experienced it maybe and uh, the power of it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I feel like um, I, I have to preface this story with sort of how I came to came to not just Nehemiah, but nonprofit and, and community mm-hmm. work in the first place, which, um, you know, I actually went to university, Cardinal Stritch University, sad day, it's closing, um, mm. <laughs> uh, for musical theater of all okay. things. Um, if you've met me, you probably wouldn't be surprised. However, um, leaving leaving that university, I ended up, st- you know, starting a, a, a well-rounded career as a performer but mm-hmm. the thing are you gonna I, sing on this show no? <laughs> I, might, I might not sing on okay, this okay. show <laughs> but that's all right we can't see you <laughs> dance either so it's I, I usually only perform on contract but okay. um we could talk about that some other time um but the thing that I ended up doing as well as performing on stage mm-hmm. was doing resident teaching artist work, okay. um, which was the other side of this uh, nonprofit theater company. Mm. You know, we do performances, but we also would create all kinds of programs that we would partner with local schools yeah. and the Milwaukee public um, uh, system mm-hmm. to, you know, just give them a space to create and feel heard and um that that became my passion Mm -hmm. and i realized how much having some element of community like building community give back Mm -hmm. community support Mm -hmm. in my life was absolutely imperative i had to keep that going um thankfully at you know at that time i was able to do it for my work Mm -hmm. so when i moved to madison um i was not able to commute to Milwaukee any longer. So right. I left that position yeah. and I found a position at American Family Insurance instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself in a place where I was all alone living in my studio apartment, yeah. end of 2019, working for sales insurance salesmen, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, technically working for the company and the, the people that called me every day were the insurance salesman ah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was lacking that, I was lacking that um, connection to my community, especially mm-hmm. conservative sort of new community. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, and, and in some way, in some sort of mystic way, 2020 happened. Yeah. Um, and I was living probably blocks away from the capital, mm-hmm. Madison capital. So I ended up finding myself outside on the streets every day yeah. and finding finding out about this whole ecosystem of how people make these protests work. Mm-hmm. Um, they aren't just people, you know, walking through the streets. There's usually at least three or four organizers, two of which are guaranteed to be there, bullhorns in hand, uh, the, the 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 route in in hand. You yeah, know, they're they've got. All, all of the information that we need. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there there's their support. A bunch of other people with bullhorns that also know the route and yeah. find their way to stay along this whole procession of people or mm-hmm. around the group, making sure we're going the right direction, making sure we're staying safe. The other thing that they also do is they ha- they're in charge of keeping tabs on... Um, any any ops, any yeah. cops, you know, okay. any, anything like that. So yeah. information is now moving between you know two different people, two different groups. Mm. And then like another group below that being, um, you know, to for lack of a better word, yeah. medics. Um, yeah. And for anyone who's a veteran um, and is feels is it's though it's a little odd mm-hmm. um, in a protest situation. I think it's I think it's fitting. Um, mostly because that you know that's that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so happen, just yeah. a whole swath 
of people with medical training um, who have gone out and purchased that medical equipment. Uh, they find they collectively find a uniform that is easily identifiable, and mm-hmm. then they ha- that's another tier of people that comes together and coordinates with you know the next the other tier above them and the organizers. Yeah. And then just below that, there's a little bit of of um, sort of initiative roles, yeah, things yeah. like Loser being being on the yeah. front line. Mm. Um, <clears throat> something that uh, grew out of all of those protests was real, realizing that even in the protests, um, white allies have to be have to take that initiative and mm. be out front, yeah. not just to be there, but also to um, shield a lot of the POC people mm. who are also there, you know, yeah. fighting for their own rights. Right. Because, uh, you know, of course, fighting for your own rights, you could have them taken take it away from you. But if some, you know, hopefully with with numbers and mm-hmm. with people with allies that are they're getting in the way, not just there, they're right. getting in the way that helps. Mm-hmm. And just that whole system from top to bottom became sort of like how I understood what was happening every time I went out the door. Mm. I didn't. I knew I didn't have to. Um, I didn't have to just show up and be confused and walk around and hope that we were doing something. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a system there already mm-hmm. happening. I don't know if this is true, but maybe like one of the first times you went out on the streets when protests were happening and things. Did it was it that organized? At the beginning, would you say? At the um, very beginning, um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was super organized, mm-hmm. mostly because um, the organizers were just trying to get people out okay. out there yep. as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, the organizers are then thinking ahead, thinking of mm-hmm. the next one and the next one and the next one. Yeah. Um, but getting people out there was like, it felt like the, the initial push. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a ton of organization that happened. Yeah. But of course, you know, Organ- that organization came out of necessity, yeah. um, and it also just came out of people taking the taking that initiative. These mm-hmm. organizers, um, despite not you know doing all of the the groundwork before we ever, everybody showed up yeah. for the first couple of days, really, mm-hmm. um, were were on top of it right after that. So the protests became became very organized very quickly. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool way of. Um, I think people can kind of understand that kind of coming together, which was not, you know, people weren't uh, mostly, anyways, in paid positions to do this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not mm-hmm. a formal organization, even though there were some local nonprofits and things involved in that um, officially, but it wasn't, uh, you know, people being hired to go out and do this or something. Exactly, right? exactly. So they still have to really work together and collaborate. So can you give us a kind of general understanding of how you view mutual aid and collective action when we talk about that together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just making that connection mm-hmm. to what we were just talking about, uh, you know, I was able to sort of join that group. I was, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a medic. Um, right. I wasn't an organizer. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to help be one of those people that had the bullhorn, but I, yeah. I didn't have the time. I was work, working full time as a um, at American Family, but mm-hmm. I was getting out there as much as possible. So um, I just wanted to be a part of that. And um, you know, with collective action, especially, it's it's a, there's a lot of just getting yourself there and then yeah. paying attention and mm. and following the thread mm. uh, of you know what what we're pushing for a yeah. lot of the times a lot of the times with collective action if as long as you've found out or have sought out the information of what is our goal mm. that's that's the big the first biggest step yeah um, because you can you can show up mm-hmm. um, but if you don't know what the goal is you might not be helping yeah. what you're getting t- pushing behind. towards yeah. that co- the the goal of this collective action mm. and you know the same thing goes for mutual aid um, you know if you if you found out about the the distribution day and you, you know you show up to move the boxes yeah. you know you you, sh- you showed up but mm-hmm. you might not know what the goal um, and the process of, mm-hmm. the, of that um, mutual aid is. Yeah. And just knowing what it is is, is another big step. Mm-hmm. So that way when you're there, it's not just a, an unconscious thing. Um, it's a conscious action. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing. I think it's important to distinguish between something like mutual aid and charity. So I think you were just sort of explaining how 
I think people need to be involved in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not just just there to do a task, but they have to be behind it and a part of it. But how would you sort of distinguish those two things? Because we, we are talking about NMI, which is a nonprofit, but how would you view mutual aid within that? Um, <clears throat> when I think of mutual aid versus ch- charity, the, the biggest difference for me is that mutual aid you give to yourself and charity you give away mm. um mutual aid is a, is a community action yeah you do you do the 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 whatever the project is to help better or help sustain or help your whatever community that you you know may not even be a part of mm-hmm. thrive yep. um but by doing that you also then becomes you know somewhat a part of that community um that that community thrives which then makes all of us thrive Mm -hmm. whereas charity is usually it's just i i have this i give it to you and i'm not concerned about what effect it has on my community at all if Mm -hmm. not your community yeah and um you know it can sound harsh but Mm -hmm. you know that's it's kind of you know, mutual aid yeah. isn't about giving um, away. It's about um, giving each other. Mm-hmm. Community is the biggest, you know, the big umbrella over both of these things, yeah. collective action, mutual aid. If we're not working together as a community, we're just, you know, throwing gifts at each other and hoping that somebody on, you know, somebody over there is doing okay. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're not. Yeah. Not all of us are doing okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a great point. And I think that's so important for the work we do at Nehemiah Justified Anger because we do have a lot of people who are, are non-black or white who want to help and get involved, which is great. But, you know, I think we've seen that Madison in particular, where we are, uh, is a great example of this divide of, of it's called like, been called a tale of two cities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this very separate and... Uh, even though there has been a great sentiment to sort of um, raise up maybe uh, the black community in our in our city, it still has felt traditionally very separate. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, it's more of a, a giving factor, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'll um, go and do these things to help those people, but you know, I'm kind of over here, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we fall easily into some bad traps when that happens, whether it's feeling like a white savior mm-hmm. or um, like you said, we just make ourselves feel better, but we're not actually invested in what's in our community right. in a full way, right? And I right. think what you said is so important too that we make a point about of um, by supporting the the black community, we're really enriching the whole community, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think we should believe that the black community brings so much to who we are, right? Um, and larger. and it's not yeah. it's not just about like it, you know it's a, I I feel like. The, this line kind of if you're not if you're not being open to it you can mm-hmm. kind of hear like oh yeah the assimilation is happening in there <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. not what it is yeah, it's yeah. not about assimilation right. it's it's definitely more so about thinking of, thinking of ways that we can thrive together mm-hmm. rather than looking at, around and seeing other people surviving mm-hmm. and you know hoping the best for them yeah um, because you know they may survive but mm-hmm. which which do you want to do do you want do you want the people around you do you want other human beings to thrive or just survive right right um and i think uh, another point to make is that with with mutual aid we're really sort of uh sidestepping in some ways interrupting the existing systems which many of them are based on white supremacy and uh, um, inequality. And so when we as a community are stepping up, we're not saying like, we're gonna wait for the government to do something or change, which can be very slow. And mm-hmm. and we're not saying we shouldn't also do that kind of action. We definitely believe in system change um, on, on multiple levels. But I think what's important to understand about this is that people can take steps now and come together to change those systems of power and kind of put power back into those who traditionally are marginalized, Mm -hmm. who have had injustices um, brought against them. And so to to kind of break down those structures again. And so 
So I think it's more about cooperation, mutual understanding. And I've heard some people say solidarity, not charity yes. um, in mutual aid. So yes. it, it is more of a sense of working and standing in solidarity with one another, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is ultimately going to be more meaningful for the people who are, are sort of providing help or services or mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. right? Can you think of any examples of, you know, any volunteers or, you know, people that have worked with us that you've sort of seen that that difference of, you know, instead of just sort of like giving money or some goods and then sort of being separate from it, but people that show up and they actually get involved. Um, Absolutely. What that looks like. Um, it, it kind of looks like. You know, for for some people, what it what it really comes down to is it's going to look like a little bit like a, a lifestyle change. Mm. Um, you know, I I there are two volunteers that have been coming to um, Miss Jackie's Essentials Pantry every, every twice a month, every month mm-hmm. for um, quite frankly years. Yeah, um, and that's two and a half hours out of their out of their day, mm-hmm. at least twice a month, yeah. guaranteed, and. You know, it began with them just showing up, and mm-hmm. it it you know comes to them understanding, um, experiencing. Uh, they may not have personal relationships with the people with the people who are are coming through the pantry and being yeah. supported, but they recognize those people, and those mm-hmm. people recognize them because they just keep showing up and they engage. They mm-hmm. they they know what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. They know you know they know that people are going to be coming through mm-hmm. they recognize people sometimes and they yeah. wave they they they're cordial they they don't just um they don't just you know go hey what do you need they yep. go hello you know yep. they and you know affiliate as yeah, it yeah. were and it's not it's not always building a relationship with every single person but it mm-hmm. is being in a space in which you act like a community member yeah. and not um just someone who is there to do a job mm-hmm. um yeah, they're they're really great people. Yeah, and that's a that's a great example of I think Miss Jackie's work too mm-hmm. of people getting involved because what we what we hear when it when it comes down to some um, honest conversation with mainly I'm going to say white folks looking to get involved or or um, they they have a great heart right they want to mm-hmm. do something and maybe they're giving money but they kind of say like well, I don't know any black people, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and I don't know where to go to meet people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think this mutual aid idea, this collective action, especially, uh, it's been great, I think, with Miss Jackie's work, where she has the connections, she sees the needs in the community. She knows how to find the resources really well. Mm-hmm. She's been doing that a long time. But there's this middle part, too, where we need help, you know, gathering those things. Exactly. Putting them together, making them available to the people that need them. And mm-hmm. I think in that process, if you really give yourself into it, suddenly you're kind of invested in different exactly. parts of the community than you knew before, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and you learn, you're you learning new things and you're learning them in an experiential way, which you can't get through um, books or something like that, which are great um, to also do, but I think it's a it's another level. So I think the work uh, Miss Jackie does is is a great example of that and mm-hmm, seeing what, mm-hmm. what people are doing. And it's great work yeah. that I, I, I hope that, you know, we never we never see go away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I began here and I was given that imperative to mobilize people, you know, the first thing I thought of is like, how do we, um, and of course, Harry Hawkins mm-hmm. has been also giving me this idea over and over again. Yeah. You know, how do we make, how do we make, how do we replicate that? Mm-hmm. So it's not just happening here. Yeah. Um, because the mm-hmm. people that end up coming and helping and doing the doing the thing they've mm-hmm. they've seen one part yeah. but you know we have we have the organizer we have the the leader we have um the support mm-hmm. so you know if you if you show up and engage you might even experience all of the different elements mm-hmm. and you might be in a better place to even you know share what share that that, that work is to somebody else mm-hmm. who can then try and make it happen or you yourself can then try and make it happen yeah um and all it takes is being engaged while you're there even for one part mm-hmm. of that of that mutual action aid action yeah and and digging a little bit deeper i think um again beyond charity or something mutual aid helps us understand um getting at the root of some of these problems and issues going on in our community mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because you're you're seeing it firsthand <clears throat> and um 
talking again about the work Miss Jackie Hunt did, and especially during the pandemic, because it's easy for us to feel extra isolated during that time from what's going on. And I know there was a lot of people who gave money and things to help, mm-hmm. but it's also realizing when you're more um, on the front line, connected with people going through things that you see the uh, inequality of our systems, right? Absolutely. Um, that people of color especially were more impacted by COVID and the the smallest sort of changes, losing a job, losing housing, Mm -hmm. not availability of housing, you know, and those things go back farther than just the pandemic. Exactly. So they're institutionalized. And so if you are actually meeting people going through that, it's, it's harder to just kind of say like, oh, people are, are poor, they should work harder, yeah. or do any of those sort of excuses mm. that we can make when we're, we don't actually see what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I it reminds me of something that I, I, I just heard Brene Brown say, mm. and I, I'm, I can't imagine she's the only person that's said this because it just yeah. makes so much sense um, that, you know, the thing that um, white people overall, not just white allies, yeah. it, you know, the one of the, first steps is as simple as it gets and that's listen Mm -hmm. and then the next step after that also as simple as it gets but is much much harder and is and is much more important Mm -hmm. is to just believe them Mm. you know believe the the experience of black and brown people when you hear it Mm mm-hmm you know, we may not be a monolith. We yeah. may not be saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But if if you just listen and actually believe what you're hearing about mm-hmm. uh, their lived experience, our mm-hmm. lived experience, yeah. um, you put yourself in a better place. Because if you don't believe what mm-hmm. you're hearing, you may try to you may try to fit it into your own lived experience yep. and try and solve that problem from there. Yeah. But that lived experience isn't the black and brown lived experience. Mm-hmm. So that solution won't generally work. Yep. So, you know, that first step, just listen. That second step, huge. Just believe yeah. what you're hearing and that that will supersede all of the sort of allyship faults, mm-hmm. um, pitfalls. You will, you, you'll find yourself less in a yeah. place where you're like, oh, I don't know any black people. Yep. Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe you're listening and you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what you can do based on your personal knowledge and lived experience. Yeah. And you don't have anything, you don't have any reference. You don't mm-hmm. know what it's like to, you know, to go go through that and what a solution to that is. Yeah. The only solutions you could probably offer would be, well, I don't know how you're you, how you live your life because I really wasn't believing what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you these things that, that work for me whenever yeah. I'm not even in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that yeah, second really believe, just literally mm-hmm. listen, believe. And then the third thing you you know do after that is take action, join in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I uh, now that you say that, um, I appreciate that because I admit that's happened to me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm a white guy and working with this black-led organization. And I think in different spheres, they have definitely had those moments where somebody is telling me, um, a story about themselves or, or or even just how they feel about a situation. And I'm like, mm, you know, is that really what that person meant when they said that to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, or even, uh, you know, my kids are in, in school, elementary and um, middle school and things. So I, that's where I'm a little more connected to as far as where my head is. And so, you know, maybe hearing stories from different people of, of, what staff or teachers or people have said to them about their kids or whoever. And I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't think they would have said that. Or like, I don't think that's what they meant, you know, in my head. And just kind of stepping back and saying, you know, whether or not I, you know, that's my experience. I have to, like you said, believe that. And that's how they felt, right? Because, um, they've probably had many experiences like yeah, that, and, right? Yeah, and why would they lie? Yeah. You know, they, yeah. I mean, there mm-hmm. are bad there are bad faith characters everywhere. Yeah. But honestly, you know, when somebody's talking about their lived experience, 9.9, you know, 9 mm-hmm. to the whatever, yeah. um, there's no there's no reason to lie mm-hmm. when it when that pain comes from, like, 
a like the systemic yeah. um, systems around mm-hmm. the systems around us. Yeah. There's no there's nowhere to you know their for their lie to like escape and get <laughs> yeah, away. Right, with. Like right, they're right. St- there's if they lie, they're uh-huh. still stuck in this lie. Like it's right, still right. happening to them. Yeah. Um, so and and yeah. that that inescapability of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there doesn't need to be a reason, another reason to believe, but mm-hmm. why would they lie? Yeah. And to dig into that a little bit deeper, I want to kind of think about some of the history of mutual aid. And um, I am not an expert by any means, but um, I think if we look at what African-Americans, the black community has had to go through historically, mm-hmm. yeah, coming out of slavery even, we can go back that far mm-hmm. when technically uh people were considered free finally in america but mm-hmm. there wasn't a kind of support system the same way there was for other americans right yeah and so we did see um the black community come together and provide for each other exactly in, in resources and help one another in the, in these sort of informal systems right mm-hmm. and, and that i would say that is also just part of, you know, African black culture also, mm-hmm. but that they brought here. So I think we can learn from some of those things as well. But I, my point is that it goes back that far that if people are not finding the support they need in more traditional, formal government, whatever you want to say, programs that you have to find other means and you have to come together and do that yourself. Um, and we see that all the way up to, uh, let's say, the the Black Panthers doing their breakfast program mm-hmm. um, for youth uh, to be able to provide for, you know, 20,000 children um, these meals because that wasn't ha- coming from anywhere else. So, exactly. so they had to do it. So whatever, and again, I think whatever stigma might pe- people might hear about Black Panthers or something, um, that the truth is that they were stepping up and supporting people that needed it um, the way nobody else was. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, there, there, there just are these reoccurring eras. And honestly, they, they to, to call them eras is to do a, a disservice to mm-hmm. the fact that this mutual aid within the black community just keeps going. Yeah. Um, you know, the, re- the reason we talk about like, um, talk about the Black Panther, pa- Black Panthers in one sort of era of, of mm-hmm. um, civil rights is yeah. that's that's just how it was sensationalized. Right. Um, Got the attention. Pe- yeah. me- people yeah. were making sure that their kids were fed mm-hmm. long before the Black Panthers <laughs> right. created yeah. this visible mutual aid. Mm-hmm. That um, because it became so visible, um, it was then first somewhat demonized and then second um adopted wholesale yeah um which is wild you know Mm -hmm. to for something to be to be to be born in within a community to help that community thrive Mm -hmm. only to have it demonized from outside of the community to later have it be um something that most most people in this country uh, forget that it's not a right mm-hmm. for your child to have a meal, yeah. a hot meal yeah. every single day when they're not at home, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's good. And um, I do want to make this practical for us. And so talk about, you know, what can people do now? What, what can they do? It, what if you don't know where to start? And one practical example that people may be able to relate to more to is during the pandemic, I don't know if you were aware of this specific one, but there was a Facebook group that popped up called Dane County Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so people could post on there if they needed something and others would try to provide for it. And, and just a way to help each other because we were sort of isolated and, and you know, a lot of us were scared and worried about um, what was going to be happening. So I think that's just sort of a a general example that people might have been aware of in this in this local area that happened but i think that points to you know a lot of the times it, it can be confusing because you might hear people say well follow the the lead of the black community right mm-hmm. um, but then you might hear people say like well don't just ask black people what they need you know like all the time like don't just what do you put need to that, do yeah don't just put that on them because they're the ones going through this experience exactly. so are we also asking them to like figure out the wrong that us white people did to you know right. like i did to black people so um so it can be confusing but i think the the thing to remember is 
that you can and feel empowered to use the skills, the talents, the resources that you have right where you are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, somebody, you know, had that idea. Facebook, in this case, was a way to connect with people. Yeah. And so they just created this group and it and it's still going as far as I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and still working. So I think sometimes we, we also feel like, well, I, you know, I don't know enough about this topic, you know. And, um, yeah, go ahead. you know, I, I think... I think something that people overlook a lot is um, what they want to do is engage with the thing in front of them mm -hmm. rather than engage with the thing that they have on hand. Mm -hmm. And what they have, what you have on hand is yourself and all of your connections. Yeah. The, the, the pain and the beauty of, you know, getting that inspiration and then showing up and mm -hmm. walking up to a black person and saying, what do you need? Yeah. Um, nine times out of 10, it's either not you or more than you have to give me right now, you standing here. Mm. So go, instead of yeah. walking up to that black person and saying, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Go, you know, go home, get your, get your little black book out, open yeah. up your contacts app and actually build a community around wanting to engage. Mm. Um, whether that, whether you start with just getting them, getting everyone to learn together mm -hmm. or getting everyone to effectively collect you know yeah. get together yeah. um if you then show up to a person um or a black community nonprofit like nehemiah mm -hmm. and say hey it's not just me walking up asking what do you need i have 50 people behind me with a bunch of different skills yeah. that are ready to um make something happen exactly. that is way more valuable and that's the first step you know, well, it's, it's the third step, right? right. You know, listen, yeah, yeah. believe, and then take action. And the act, that first action can be just making sure that there are more, it's more th than just you behind you mm -hmm. to help support this work. For sure. Um, because, you know, my job is mobilization and I'm going to do what I can to mobilize multiple people. Yeah. But if one person shows up to me and says, I've got 20 people, 50 people behind me that are also coming with, mm -hmm. phew, yeah. we're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And I think um, it, it feels so much empowering for you, too, because it, it is hard to kind of feel like I'm the only one doing this, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so to help bring people along with it. And it's a it's a good time to point out that that's that's going to get messy real fast um, and it's going to get discouraging, too. Mm -hmm. um, but to be there by yourself, not yeah, sure yeah. if your work is actually having an impact, mm -hmm. you know, even even when when we engage with you and make you know make volunteers you know aware like yeah. oh your work is having an effect mm -hmm. if you if you're just there by yourself you know yeah. it's this thing you go home and you, maybe you can tell a story about it mm -hmm. um but if you if you came with yeah. your community you know you're not just affiliating with you know the black community but you're mm -hmm. also creating community within yours yeah. that um supports that work and and supports you know, it's I keep coming back to the yeah. word community because the more the right. more we help each other, the more we we talk to each other, the more we empathize with each other, the more we believe each other, mm. and you end up in this situation where yeah, you know, you might not, you still might not know that many black people yep. at the end of the day, yep. but you know a bunch of people that you respect and can feel um, good about the work that you've done together, mm -hmm. and knowing that you don't have to you don't have to sort of be by yourself in trying to, to be an ally. Yeah. Allyship is a community community mm -hmm. action, not yeah. just a, like a single person action. Mm -hmm. And that has so many benefits because we do like to emphasize here that, you know, probably just as important as volunteering somewhere um, to work with the black community or, or, you know, those things that seem very direct, like just as important is if you're not, in the black community, a person of color, that uh, talking to people in your surrounding spheres and mm. community um, is just as important because those, we, we just have to say, the systems are, are mainly white, right? And right. that's who they're benefiting. And so, but if we're not sort of bringing these ideas and working together with other people, um, in those systems, they're not going to change, right? Because again, mm -hmm. if it, it's uh, a few people doing things is great, but if you can, you know, if you go to work and those are primarily white spaces, it's going to be hard to feel like that is changing, right? Mm -hmm. You may be seeing stuff happen out in the community, but those things are staying the same. And then we don't see uh, 
see that shared collaboration among the community. We don't see everybody being enriched. If you're still not seeing people of color hired in your Mm -hmm. workplace, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not changing the way that we want it to. So uh, I think talking to people in your own spheres is just as important as that's what we might think of as direct. Exactly. So it's, it, it, can often be one of the smallest steps forward mm-hmm. um but you know everybody everybody knows you know the six degrees of separation right, yeah. from kevin bacon or whoever <laughs> yeah, but right. if you if you you know you're not able to you may not be able to be hands-on take, taking action to the black community but mm-hmm. if you um get you know even four degrees of separation from yeah. you in all directions mm-hmm. on board with listening believing and um taking action when when somebody calls to action yeah you know you're gonna eventually that's gonna reach somebody in power that's gonna reach a, a large swath of people who are creating these systems or adjusting these systems or um doing you know creating policies on these systems yeah it's not just about the action it's also about the collective action you know <clears throat> you may not you may not know anyone who knows another senator or something but you may know a couple people who know fundraisers and mm-hmm. you may and those fundraisers know yeah. um policymakers and those policymakers know all of the um the the senator and office senator's staff exactly. yeah. and then the, the you know it's it's, sim- it it's as yeah, simple yeah. as that and mm-hmm. if you're engaging with all the people around you and hoping to, for that to keep going up that right. that line it's going to make it there yeah. um but the the more you focus in the opposite direction hoping that whatever hands-on thing you're doing mm-hmm. is is enough sometimes it you know it's not sometimes yeah. you have to hit both directions hands-on and make sure you're you know you're sending people the notes and saying hey this was a really cool thing, you know. We came together, and and it's it's something I want to be able to share with you. Yeah. Um. You may be afraid of it, but I guarantee you, at the end of the day, it's going to make you feel more connected mm-hmm. to um to collective action, more connected to justice and equity. Yeah. And it's also going to make you feel more connected to your community. Right. You know, if you as soon as you touch that bridge of allyship, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's there's almost no turning back yeah. and once you've crossed it now you have to just you have to look back and decide okay there are a bunch of people that i really want to be on this side of the, the bridge with me mm-hmm. um and you know a big action like i keep saying yeah. is just bring them across with you mm-hmm. even if they even if you just entice them to touch that bridge right they might Still cross it later sense. on mm-hmm. um and then you have even more people next to you to take hands-on action yeah that's good um, so let's talk more about some practical things that people can get involved in. Mm-hmm. So I think one that I was thinking about, and again, sometimes we think, well, I, I'm not, I don't have the skills. I'm not connected in this way to be of help, but you kind of, you got to be creative. And I think I, I, I'm into sort of like art and creative stuff. And so one thing I thought of is Lalita G um, works with Nehemiah, Reverend Lalita G. And if you're following at all some of her experience in the local art museum, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that this show for for black women, which did not end up going well and was exactly. not supportive, it was, it was absolutely opposite. atrocious. Yes, yes. Um, Several incidents, lackluster yeah. reception in the first place, which, yep. which is you know the faults of of the marketing and the mm-hmm. understanding of what the the whole project was and then yep. fumbling the bag as soon as it goes up you yep. know yep. before so, it goes up <laughs> so something that was supposed to represent you know people like black women who were not normally allowed into the even the sort of art institutions right the mm-hmm. system that we have the mainstream sort of art system i should say um in town uh was what the intention sort of seemed to be was like the example of what should not be right exactly in the end uh and so um it's something i think i connected with because i want to support artists and so i think uh it, it might be an example of ways that people realize like oh i didn't even think of that I'm, I'm into art and stuff and so you know there's been work in town to set up a separate gallery night um mm-hmm. that is focused on artists of color and so mm-hmm. many different um, galleries in town and groups have supported that as an alternative way to do that so that is people just getting together deciding that we're gonna um do something that looks different and so even on uh, a smaller level i think you could think of 
Reverend Laleda is going through a lot of stress because of this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, She may be facing a lack of income because, you know, she was probably counting on that that gallery show and a lot Mm -hmm. more awareness Mm -hmm. on that side of things. So, you know, maybe you could um, spread word about her art, purchase her art. You could maybe send her meals so that she doesn't have to feel stressed about, like, dealing with those sort of things. Yeah. Those daily things, like all kinds of stuff that you could do. Um, Maybe... Uh, provide access to some stress relieving experiences that she could have exactly um, to look at those. So I think there's just all different ways that we could, we could support people, um, you know, yeah. Changing the systems to supporting the individual themselves. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think I feel like this should be self-evident, but Mm -hmm. you know, when, when black and brown people, especially black women experience Mm -hmm. some, an injustice like the one, um, later experienced yeah. that's not the only system of oppression or that's not the only chaos stress what at what have you mm-hmm. that's happening to her at that time yep, yep. you know ju- it, we we can we can kind of go lift up and go oh we're gonna make sure that you know she feels um that justice was had in this specific thing but there's other stuff that's going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so th- and that means that there are other solutions that can be that can be you know um fulfilled yeah so working with the people that um we could say that are in the community broadly who want to take action get involved Mm -hmm. um here at nehemiah what are some things that uh maybe you direct people to or some ways that you kind of give them to get started yeah my my two biggest projects right now are to um help build out as much engagement with the Justified Anger Initiative. Mm. And um, uh, like next to that is to help um, our direct services, help our program directors, help our um, Justified Anger Leadership Institute um, teachers and uh, Mm. and leaders, um, help them do the work without having to do all of the work. So yeah, as I mentioned before, yeah. it's the thing that you can do is not just show up, but bring you know bring a bunch of people with you who are ready to do something, mm-hmm. uh, even if that thing is to um, engage with each other and uh, and build more empathy. Um, one of the Justified Anger alumni groups that's um, being put together at, right now as we speak is um, an anti-racism in the workplace um, mm-hmm. group. It's kind of like a Great. I, I referred to it as like an HR think tank, allyship think tank. Um, but what we're what we're going to end up with, and I encourage anybody who's listening, if you even if you don't work in HR, um, but you have a desire to see more of this happening in your your workplace mm-hmm. before you you know call us and you know we show up for you, yeah. you can join that group, mm-hmm. you know, and and together build the knowledge and create processes and bounce ideas off of each other to get that work going right away. Yeah. You're talking to other people who have an initiative to make mm-hmm. things, make changes at work and you get to brainstorm those changes and try and implement them together at That's your place great. of work. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, I think, uh, what a lot of people realize about Nehemiah is that our staff, um, have lived the experiences of the people they're serving and working with, right? Mm. Um, And so we're all about that relational community connection. So if you are looking to get involved in these sort of ways, yes, we want you to take your own initiative, but I think we are known as a catalyst to other things in the community, ways to make that happen. And because we are black led, um, that's mm-hmm. your opportunity to, <laughs> to right listen there. and believe absolutely. when we say this is the way to do it, right? So we are here to support you is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, that's and, my and entire job. Yep. Yep. So uh, so don't be worried about, you know, sort of coming to us. And as, as a white guy working for this organization, I make lots of mistakes and I just try to take those as learning moments, right? Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay. And that that's part of it. So... Uh, I think just realize you will make mistakes. Absolutely. And and like you said, it's just part of listening and learning from that also. But uh, yeah, any other uh, ways that people could sort of get started or get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another simple thing mm-hmm. is 
register for the Black History for a New Day course that, you know, not only does that put you in a place where you're going to learn a lot, that also puts you in a place where you're going to connect with people who have learned a lot and are want to get involved. Um, That's another in to, you know, build your your group of 50 people behind you, right? Um, And then the other thing is some of the more simple things. You know, I um, run our weekly volunteer newsletter and we have a couple of different, you know, hands-on opportunities, the Essentials Pantry um, Mm -hmm. and and other volunteer opportunities that are on our volunteer newsletter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the simplest way to receive that is to go to nehemiah.org backslash volunteer or click on the volunteer tab and um, submit the volunteer interest survey. Hmm. And that, you know, puts puts you in our database as a person, as an ally that wants yeah. to get going. And I start sending you st- stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if all you can do at the moment is just, is just the little thing, the hands on things, the yeah. more people show up, the more you, you know, engage. And if, when you're there and you're engaged, you're, you're going to leave there with an idea. You can mm-hmm. bring that idea back to me. I can let you know if it's a great one or if it want, it needs to be tweaked. Yeah. Um, and you know, we can keep building from there. Yeah. But it all, you know, all you got to do is um, make sure you're putting that information in front of you. I, I said earlier that some of the, the, the best allyship work begins with lifestyle change. Um, don't just put it on your to-do list um, once or twice. Make it a part of what you do in your life. Yeah, I love that. And we'll include that link um in these episode notes. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can just click on that as well. But yeah, great uh, resources and information on our website. Uh, Great Mm -hmm. ways to learn from um, other white allies um, through some different uh, events and series that we have and also learn about um, just some of the the issues around what black uh, people in the community are dealing with also. Mm -hmm. So you can be informed in that as well. Um, so, uh, Siobhan, I thank you for this conversation Absolutely. and clarifying, um, if people are hearing these terms like mutual aid and collective mm-hmm. action, what those actually mean and, and how they can be involved in that. Uh, but we hope, um, as you're listening to this, that it gives you some, some new ideas, new ways to get involved, no matter where you are, where you're at and where you're coming from to grow in that way. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Nehemiah Community Transformation Podcast. Go to nehemiah.org to find out more about Nehemiah and our Justified Anger Initiative, which works to eliminate racial disparities by developing relationships, solutions, and systems.